now let all your focus be on the author and the finish of your faith. Totally just give your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your worries, your cares. Just give it to the Lord right now, all of it. Don't worry about what will happen after this. Leave the worries that you came here with. Just put them out of your mind right now. Lord, right now, all my heart desires is you. He desires you. He desires you. And he desires you to desire him, to focus on him, to reach out to him. He will heal the hurts. He will destroy the fears. He will heal the bodies. Lord, we come in your presence. So, hallelujah. We praise you as we come before you. We come and magnify you. Lord, we lift the needs of the people. We pray for James. Lord, we ask you to touch his body. Thank you for sparing his life. We ask you to touch his body and make him whole from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Man, every broken moan, every broken part, all the trauma. Lord, we just praise you for healing. Praise you for your power. We praise you for your goodness and your mercy all the days of our life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, before you're seated, I want to give you, I want to tell you something. And we're going we're gonna to praise God for something. I want to just give a report. We've had 63 people saved this year. We've got the decision cards. Hallelujah. But listen, 25 of those have just been in the last four weeks. 25 of those in the last four weeks. Come on, give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Come on, praise Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And you know, that's just been here in the main auditorium. The youth have had 12 here lately in the children's church. And we just praise God for all the souls that are being saved. Let's give King Jesus one more hand for all the glory. All the glory, all the praise is His. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. Turn to somebody, shake their hand, hug their neck. Tell them, I'm glad you're here today. Hallelujah. Bless them in Jesus' name. So good to see you today. We welcome each and every one of you. You know, we had, we've built onto our parking lot in the back, but uh, we're going to be building our parking lot to the side here, and we already have plans for a new parking lot that would be going to uh, the hotel here. And just for you to know, if you've never been here before, this wall comes out and opens up into a 2,500-seat auditorium. So don't worry about us being locked in. we got a ways to grow. Hallelujah. And we're just so glad you're here and we bless you. This morning is the second Sunday of the month. We want to receive our new members. You know, a lot of people even this week asked me, you know, brother, how can I send my letter? Well, you go ahead and send your letter, but we don't operate too much that way. But we'll take them and put them in a file. But you're a member by your heart. 
But what we like to do, we like to receive our new members. We've got a little something for them. And we like to receive them, pray a prayer of covenant and blessing on them. And just let the church see that our brothers and our sisters who are acknowledging that this is their church, their home church. And, and that we are the covering and we're part of them and they're part of us. So if you want to be a member of this church, you want to join the church, would you come up? Anybody, you want to come up, come stand up here. I want the elders. Sandy, would you come up? We want you to come on up. And we just want to receive you this morning. And we want to rejoice. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just praise God. Y'all just look at the auditorium. I want them to see y'all. Hallelujah. Come on up here. Let's give them a hand. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Yeah, come on and stand up for them. This is a special occasion. Hallelujah. Hey, bud. Like your Oakless. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Bless you. Hallelujah. We're so honored to have them. I want you to look at their faces, remembering them, and just know that they are part of our family, that we love them. They're so, we're totally accepted. And we just thank God for each and every one of your lives. Would you raise your hand towards them, please? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be joined, joined with our brothers and our sisters. Lord, we thank you that you have saved us and you have rescued us. And Lord, there's not one greater and not one less. We are all redeemed at the cross and we're the same at the foot of the cross. I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to get to know one another, serve one another, even prefer one another above ourselves that they may see Christ. Lord, we praise you for what you're doing in this vision that you have here. Praise what you're doing in their lives. And we pray, Psalms 91, that they are under the shadow of the Almighty God, and that you are their refuge, your fortress, and no evil harm or plague can come nigh their dwelling. We receive them, Lord. We love them, and we thank you for them. In the name of Jesus. Everyone who accepts them as members, say aye. Okay, it's done. Hallelujah. Let's give him another hand. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Oh, that's, that, that's, that's her daddy. Hey, brother, was your little girl that was in the hospital, the little three-year-old? She's doing, doing Hallelujah. good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We've been getting so many good reports. Looks to everybody say, yours is coming. Yours is here. Hallelujah. Anybody visiting us for the first time? Anybody at all? Would you raise your hand? You're visiting us for the first time? Over here, God bless you. God bless, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else for the first time? Over here, over there in the back, right here. Hallelujah. We're so glad to have you right, right here. God bless you. Amen. Let's give them all a hand, and we're just so glad to have you. Hallelujah. That's the soldier that was here Wednesday night, huh? Wednesday night and gave his life to the Lord. Praise God. That's my buddy, MP. Hallelujah. MP. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you have your Bibles, I want to share with you in Isaiah chapter 30. Word of encouragement. Isaiah chapter 30. We gotta, we're going to have a great time today. How many like to laugh? How many feel like crying? No, okay. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. 
I love these scriptures that have thus saith the Lord in them. Mm. After all, you did write the whole book. But it says, For thus saith the Lord God, verse 15, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved, and in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. The, the message says, but you've been unwilling to do. But how many of you know, I know that many of you are in a place right now, you're in a place where, Lord, I am willing to do whatever I have to to get into that place of quietness and rest. And, you know, um, that I'm going to just share a few things about those words there. But David said in Psalms 23, surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And you've been through some things and you've been wondering. Many times we come to the, the, to the point in our life and we say, why try? Why try? You know, I've given so many things, a number of tries. I've, I've tried this, I've tried that. I've tried that church, that denomination, that job, that marriage, that philosophy. I've tried it all. Why try anymore? And those are Lord said, wait a minute. If you would just understand that in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And that word quietness means freedom from noisy distractions and turmoil. It means peace right in the middle of frustration. It's an undisturbed calm. It means God is in control. And it says confidence, which means assurance and entering into boldness. In quietness and confidence, a boldness surfaces that new strength, new strength and new determination arises. You know, it's when you get into that place where you're quiet before God. And you shut the door and you shut in with God and you go, Father, I've come before you and I am willing to let go of what I've got to let go and surrender to whatever I have to surrender to. I'm ready to stop saying I'm not trying anymore to say, God, I'm giving you the chance and I want to do it your way. I surrender to your will. It's in that place of quietness and calmness. The Spirit of God comes upon you, and that's why the Word of God says, and also in Isaiah, that they that wait upon the Lord, who are calm and quiet before Him, shall renew their strength. Many times we say, I don't feel like I have any strength anymore. Well, you just need to get in that place, and as you're quiet before God, this confidence and boldness arises. And all of a sudden, as you're quiet before God, this confidence starts arising on the inside of you. And things you haven't said before, you've been saying, oh God, will you help me? And all of a sudden, a boldness rises up. And instead of crying out just for the help of God, you start talking directly to the devil yourself. And you start saying, wait a minute, devil. I'm not taking you pushing me around anymore. I'm not taking depression. I'm not giving in a discouragement. And I'm not running away from this battle. I'm not going to find a way to cop out like I used to. But I'm I'm going to, I feel something rising up on the inside of me. And devil, it's not the pastor, it's not somebody from TV, but I rebuke you in the authority of the name of Jesus. And there's just something about getting quiet before God and allow His confidence come up in you. When you turn off the news, that builds up the devil's confidence. And just get quiet before God, undisturbed composure, and let God build you up on the inside. And you won't walk in fear, but you'll walk in a calmness in the midst of the battles. Amen. Amen. So I want the ushers to come forward. We're going to receive this morning's offerings and tithe. And I just want you to know that God is in the midst of your battle. Just turn to Him. Get before Him. Lay on your face. And know that He loves you with an everlasting love. And all of God's best will follow you all the days of your life. You grab a hold of it and you receive that in Jesus' name. Lord, bless each and every one here. Bless their lives, their jobs, their families, their homes, their finances, and their future. 
Lord, we just thank you that you're the God that cares. You're the God that rescues and you're the God that ministers to spirit, soul, mind, and body. Thank you for touching your people and blessing them in every way. We thank you for this opportunity to gather to worship and praise you. And we glorify you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. There is healing in your glory. Healing in your glory. There is healing in your glory. Healing in your glory. Oh Lord, send your glory. There is freedom in your glory. It's freedom. Freedom in your glory. There is freedom in your glory. Freedom in your glory. Oh Lord, send your glory. There's power. There is power in your glory Power in your glory Hallelujah Lord. There is power in your glory Jesus There is power in your glory We want your glory Lord Oh Lord, send your glory. There's deliverance in your glory, sing. There's deliverance in your glory. Deliverance in your glory. Hallelujah. There's deliverance in your glory Oh Lord Deliverance in your glory Lord, send your glory now Oh Lord Send your glory There's joy Come on, say there is joy in your glory Oh, joy in your glory Jesus, we thank you for your joy There is joy in your glory Hallelujah Joy in your glory Lord, send the glory Oh, Lord in your glory 
Let's sing there is peace in His glory. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, there is peace in Your glory. Oh Lord, there is peace now, peace in Your glory. And there is peace in His glory. Jesus is peace now, peace in His glory. Lord, sing Your glory, say. No Lord, send your glory. One more time, Lord, send your glory. No Lord, send your glory. Oh Lord. Thank Him for His glory. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise God. Well, we're glad you're here this morning. We're a non-denominational, interdenominational church. We've got some new Lutherans that joined this week, Baptist, Pentecostal, Assembly of God. This is a church that's just getting ready for heaven. It's not going to depend on denomination, but we're all blood-bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hey, where's my buddies from Arise? Man, come on. Where's my buddies that taught me that new wave at the baseball game Friday night? Huh? Look, I got my peanut butter jacket on. Glory to God. I tell you, we had a wild time. The game was kind of slow, so we figured we need to give these people something for their money. So, boy, they start putting some boom music on, and, boy, our brothers start jamming, and they start putting some redneck rock and roll on. The white guys start jamming, and I thought, well, you know what? Somebody's got it in the middle, so they, when they put Michael Jackson on, slipped on the glove, and just had to give it a little bit. <laughs> Hallelujah, but we had a good time, and they announced who we were, and we're not allowed there anymore. <laughs> but thank you, Brother Bob, for the tickets. And we had a good time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, just want to announce that tonight we may be having a special guest. We are having a special guest, Jimmy Faircloth. He is uh, the executive counsel to, the, um, to uh, Bobby Jindal, but he is running for the Supreme Court. And uh, he's a born-again believer. He's from Louisiana. And he wants to fight for the Constitution the way it was originally written by our forefathers, founded upon the Word of God. And so, uh, so he's going to be with us tonight, and uh, he don't know if he's sharing yet, because, but, uh, and I don't know either, but we're going to talk before service, and we'll see what the Holy Ghost says, but I'm going to have him share, if, if anything, share a little bit, but it's going to be good, because we've got to be up to date on knowing what we need to sign, who we need to petition, who we need to call, because there's a lot of changes trying to come forth, but we as the body of Christ are not called to be silent. We pray in private, but the Lord works miraculously for the things we believe God for. So I want to encourage you about that. Hallelujah. Well, last week, we've been in the last few weeks on joy, and we want to get into a new area here. Is she on? Got it, brother? Jesus, I command you to work. 
hate to have to fire somebody. <laughs> wow, I didn't know it got music on this one. Boy, this is good. Hallelujah. They're just getting better and better. Hallelujah. But anyway, we want you to see today we want to talk about the peace connection. Amen. Everybody say peace connection. And you know, we've been speaking about 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. But I just want you to see here in verse 6, it says, David was greatly distressed. I want you to remember that because the people spoke of stoning him. Wouldn't you kind of feel out of joint too? Somebody was a bunch of guys, 600 men who you thought they were your friends were getting ready to stone you. And, but I love that last part. It says, when he asked the Lord what to do, he says, David inquired of the Lord in verse 8, Shall I pursue the troop? Shall I pursue? Whoa. Whoa. Y'all be patient here. We got a wild one here today. What do I do, guys? What's going on? Okay. So he said, Shall I pursue the troop? Shall I overtake them? And he said, He answered and said, Pursue. Everybody say, Pursue. For you will surely, without fail, recover all. How many are ready to recover some things? Amen. Now, I, I want to share something with you about David being greatly distressed and, and the type of people sometimes we wonder, why do I always get around those type of people? Before, we, before I do talk about that, I want to share with you about pursuing. You know, there's a cost to pursue. And we're not always willing to pursue. You know, it's okay to run, to say, okay, I'm going to run a 50-meter yard dash. What's another thing to say, I'm going to run for the rest of my life. You know, it's things we start, but we don't finish. And I want you to see here in Psalms, uh, chapter 34, verse 14, it says, Seek peace and pursue it. Say that with me. Seek peace and pursue it. I love the Living Bible. It says, Search for peace and work to maintain it. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Pursue peace. You know, not everything comes easy. And, you know, we got to, listen, sometimes when you, Paul says we need to seek peace with all men, how many of you know that's not always easy? You know, my pastor was uh, John Osteen, Joel Osteen's father was our pastor, and he passed away in 99, the same year my dad did. And uh, he used to tell the story about him and Sister Dodie. He was a five foot, five foot seven man made in the image of Adam, he used to say. And him and his wife, Sister Dodie, they would get into it sometimes. He had a little temper, and he just decided, I'm not going to talk to her anymore. So a few days passed and he hadn't talked to her and he decided, well, you know, I'm kind of missing her so I'm going to make up with her. So they lived in a big house. He went all over the place looking for her, couldn't find her. Couldn't find her all, uh, for I don't know how long he was going around that house looking for her. And then all of a sudden he thought, you know what, the rapture must have came and God took her and left me. Anybody ever feel that way? Oh man, where is everybody? Am I the only one? Oh God, everybody's done going. George, everybody's done going but me. I'm here. What are we going to do? And so he's walking through the house and all of a sudden she's hiding behind the door. And when he walks through the door, she jumps on his back, wraps her arms and legs around him and said, I'm not letting you go till you forgive me. I'm not letting you go till you forgive me. How many of you know sometimes when you want to pursue peace, you got to grab on, you just got to hold on for dear life. But you got to work hard to pursue it. You know, I, I was going, my, as my boys get older and they go through different things, uh, a few uh, months ago, one of my boys was going through something and, you know, the challenges and decisions and becoming his own man and so forth and so on. Uh, th you know, there was some things going on. And I was praying about it. I said, Lord, give me an idea how to reach to him. And the Lord says, what, do I, what have I given you that encourages you? And I said, Lord, you've given me your word. He says, okay, give him a word. 
So I went to Hallmark and I bought him six cards that were written from a father to a son. And every day he had a new a card with his name and a note from me and a special something on the inside on his pillow. That every day when he came home from work, there was another card. And I'd go in there and I'd see those cards lined up as he would open them and read them. And something was done during that time. I had another son who was going a few years ago, going through identity problems, crisis and different things, which, you know, they all do at that age. And there was some problems and thoughts and discouragement. So I went to the Barnes & Noble and I bought the autobiography on CD of uh, Abraham Lincoln. And I brought some other books about this is your best day and about self-esteem and self-worth and how to make friends and by Dale Carnegie and others. I bought them in CD form. And every day bringing them to school, I would put those CDs in and just let them listen to that and allow that telling about scientists and great people of how they overcame things to build up their self-esteem. Because you know what? It's just that I matter. Well, you know, my kids are bad and I don't know what to do with them and that's it. No, there's a pursuing. David's kids... And David's wives were taken away. And he said, I've got to do something to recover. Well, listen, you may be in a point right now, you're wondering, well, God's just going to have to handle this. No, you need to pray for a creative idea and how to be partner with God and reach out to whoever it is you're having to reach out for. It may be in your marriage. It may be somebody you work with. But God can give you anointed ideas to better help you pursue and reach and, and help those people in those different areas. A lot of people, time people don't want to pursue because they said, I've done tried that and I never recuperated nothing worth getting. How many times? You know, I, I, I've tried pursuing. I tried not giving up. I tried hoping for the best. But it just never seemed to come. But it doesn't. It says, don't grow weary in well-doing because you will reap if you do not faint. Don't faint in trying to reach out. Don't faint in going the extra mile. That's what Jesus taught us to do. And so there's areas there that we've got to continue. And I want to show you in the scripture here, in 1 Samuel 22, 2, it says, and everyone who was in distress, and let me just stop right there. Didn't, it, didn't we read a while ago that David was in distress? You ever pray, Lord, send me people to help me. And he sends you people with the same type of attitude and problem that you've got. <laughs> Lord, I didn't ask you for them. I need somebody uppity and somebody happy and somebody's going to tell me some Tiburon Boudreau jokes. I need somebody who's just going to make me happy. I didn't ask for another sourpuss. And the Lord just sent somebody just like you because he wants to do something great in your life. And David was hiding in this cave on the run. And who does God send him? People just like him that were in distress, were in debt, and was discontented. And I want to tell you about a few of these things. These were broken men who had had enough of life. They were discouraged. And that word distressed, if you're taking notes, that word distressed in the Hebrew is where we get our English word um, um, claustrophobia. They're going inside of a cave, but it's not the claustrophobia of the cave. It's the choking sense that they're sensing the life is being choked out of them. I can't breathe in this relationship anymore. I can't breathe in this job anymore. I feel like I can't breathe with this pressure that's on me. And that's that word distressed, confined to a confined place of suffocating, of feeling like there's no way out, a chokehold of the enemy. 
Let me tell you something about that word, everyone who is in debt. That word debt doesn't mean somebody who was just owing people. This means they were wanted. They were like Jesse James. Their pictures were on a paper and they were wanted dead or alive. They were wanted men and women because of their debt. And then it says discontented. And I want you to write that word down. They were discontented. That word discontented means they were bitter. They were bitter over what life seemed to have handed them. They were bitter over the things that they were going through and wondering why am I going through this. They were bitter over the way treat people treated them and the root of bitterness had grown within their life. And how many of you know that when we allow bitterness to grow in our lives, we usually end up having our personalities changed. Now all of these men that we're talking about end up being the mighty men of David. They end up killing lion-like men and doing some awesome things, but they didn't start off that way. Heroes are not born, they're made in life. And you may be distressed, you may be going through something bitter. Uh, grief, discontent also means to tear, uh, tear uh, unbarren, sterile, that's it, thank you babe, sterile. No power for life, no power to change, just a crushing experience of turmoil. It means grief from an unfulfilled, listen to this, the word distress means grief from an unfulfilled death wish. In other words, these men were suicidal. Last week I spoke a little bit about suicide in the area of joy and we've still been ministering and praying to people who raise their hand who fight thoughts of suicide. Maybe some of you today have fought or are fighting thoughts of suicide. Well listen, these men who were contemplating and having a death wish on their life ended up being some of the mighty men of David who brought victory to Israel. You may be thinking, you know what, my family would be, listen, you may be thinking my family would be better off if I just get out of the way and let them go on. My children might could end up getting a better stepdad and my wife could, or my husband could remarry. I'm just in the way and they're never going to find happiness as long as I'm here. But I want you to know that's how these men were thinking and they ended up killing the enemy, rising up and being leaders among their own people. You may be here today and you might have come very close to suicide even the last two, three weeks, the last month, the last year. Maybe it's something you have fought for years, but I want you to know that right here you may be in a point like they were where the suicide was their wish but God brought up a spirit of victory on the inside of them that conquered that listen Job cursed the day he was born but yet he ended up twice as blessed at the end Elijah sat under a tree and said God I just wish you killed me and the Lord sent an angel baked some food for him and he was refreshed and ran in the power of that food for 40 days Jonah after everything was done sat under a tree asked God to kill him there's been many death wishes but I want you to know just like there's been death wishes there's been bitterness there have been discontent our God's always showed up on the sign and rescued lives that wanted to see it ended and end up showing them I've got a reason for you to live and the reason is we're going to see today I'm going to put you as an exhibit I've got right here exhibit A exhibit B exhibit C exhibit D exhibit E and F and G and on and on I've got exhibits here says the Lord God that you are my witnesses says the Lord that I have redeemed you from the power of the enemy I redeemed you from a trip to hell and I've prepared a place for you in glory that no matter what you're feeling and going through right now I am going to turn you through the power of the Holy Ghost into exhibit of my power and the proof that I am the Lord over your life come on give the Lord praise give the Lord praise I want to get to some points today if I have time about it's not I, I talk about pursuing and we say pursuing joy pursuing peace but I, I, I want to correct something here it's about pursuing the Holy Ghost who produces peace and joy and love. 
So many times that I've been sharing things and the Holy Spirit just came up on the inside of me and said, you know, don't make peace your pursuit. Make me the pursuit. And so I want to share some things about you. When you get born again, listen, when you get born again, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. And He is inside of you to guide you and lead you. But you may be going through some things. God wants you to create an atmosphere, but the Holy Ghost wants to create an atmosphere better than what you can create. You know, when we were in the Caribbean, we used to ride our boat and go with different ones uh, out to the reefs that were a mile out. You'd go about a mile into the Caribbean. And all of a sudden, there you are in the Caribbean, and the reefs were so high out of the water, you could walk on them. And, you know, we'd go in our boat, and we'd look through that crystal water, and you see all the colors and all the plant life a little bit right there. Once in a while, you'll see a lobster or something crawling on the reef. And it was absolutely beautiful. But one day, I went with some other guys, and we went snorkeling. And when I put that mask on and I went under the water, the view was a whole lot better the deeper I got. And some of us were just still in the boat, just looking and saying, you know, it's looking pretty good. Everything seems to be okay. But what God wants to tell you today, come on, jump in. The deeper you go in God, the more the atmosphere and the more the glory and the more the peace. The deeper you go, the greater the joy is going to be. The deeper you go, the greater the peace is going to be. The deeper you go, the more of experience you're going to find in meeting with the love of God. So what God wants to tell you today is that just stop looking at the superficial things. There are areas in all of our lives where we're about ready to go deep into a relationship with the Holy Spirit, with His precious Word, and with Jesus Christ like we have never done before there is a depth into the word and the spirit that he wants to invite you to get into that is going to fill you with the fruit of his presence inside of you can I hear an amen, amen. now I want you to see John 14 27 it says I am leaving you a gift everybody say a gift yes. I'm leaving you a gift peace of mind how many receive that huh I'll take a little bit of that peace of mind and heart and the peace. Somebody shout out the peace. peace. This goes on to say, I give is a gift. Say gift again. It's a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or be afraid. Remember what I've told you. It's a gift. And you know, Jesus, when he ascended, he, gave, he says, my peace I give unto you. He didn't take his peace with him. As he was ascending, he gave them their peace. And I thought, it's just like Elijah when he threw his mantle down. Elisha had kept saying, I want a double portion of your anointing. I want a double portion of your anointing. And Elijah said, if you're, day, if you're there the day that I get taken up, then you're going to get it. And Elisha, Elijah tried tricking him a few times and telling him to stay here. And Elisha says, I'm not staying here. So many times there was five points where Elijah told Elisha, stay here and don't come any further. But Elisha's saying, if you're going, I'm going. And that's what Jesus was saying. Listen, if you want, I'll have. If you want what I have you come where I'm going and you get what I have because I've given it to you it's a gift and thinking about this word gift you know uh, it re makes me think of Christmas and it makes me think of different holidays and so uh, I just want to share something with you I love this painting I always love Norman Rockwall paintings and uh, I, I just want you to look at this painting a little while how many have ever seen a turkey that perfect how many of your how many of you ever wore a tie on Thanksgiving or Christmas in a suit. How many of y'all's kids were so sweet and smiling and happy like they were? You see how happy that table is? Any, anybody really has Thanksgiving and Christmas like that? Or is it loud? Is it crazy? Is it wild? 
I mean, we, we think, oh, if we just had that, it would be all peaceful. But you know what? How many of you know? It's not always like that. So look, we went into two homes. And we made a recording. And while some people are saying, man, I wish I had that. I, is it okay that I show you more or less what's the norm? Here we go. Turn it up, buddy. Before we begin, since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas, I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. Oh, great. Oh. Uh. What, dear? Grace! Grace! She passed away 30 years ago. They want you to say grace. The blessing! <laughs> allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Amen. Catherine, this turkey tastes half as good as it looks. I think we're all in for a very big treat. <laughs> Save the neck for me, Clark. Okay, Eddie. <laughs> now, how many has that more as the norm at your house, huh? I mean, what do you do about life? There's some things that some people, like Bubba's always going to stand up and do the Pledge of Allegiance in his leisure seat at dinner table. But we always have these things, and we're going to have them. But the thing about it is, is that when you have peace on the inside of you, it rules regardless of the circumstances. Amen. I want to share with you these scriptures. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, for a child is born to us and a son is given to us. And the government will rest upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And his government and its peace will never end. The message translation says, for a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. 
the running of the world. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father. And listen to this. Prince of Wholeness. Wholeness. That word wholeness means nothing missing or nothing broken. It speaks of a God who's always there and will see you through. Luke 1, 7. 8, 78 and 79 says, Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, and listen now, to guide our feet into the pathway of peace. The Holy Spirit's here to guide you and lead you into the pathway of peace. If you're not experiencing peace, maybe there's a path change that's getting ready to happen to your life to bring you there. And in Luke 2, 13 and 14, it says, And then suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. And guess what? This was in the middle of Roman occupation. This was in the middle of mass execution of children, two years and younger. And the angels were singing, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill towards men. You know, 250 times, if you're taking notes, 250 times peace, shalom, entered into the story of mankind. When their lives were a mess, when they were lost, when they were hurting, when they were wondering what the future held for them, peace entered into their lives 250 times. I love, you don't have to look at it, but in Judges 6, 12, an angel appeared unto Gideon and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. How many of you know Gideon talked back and said, Wait a minute, you're talking to the wrong guy. You know, Gideon was hiding in a cage. He, he started giving excuses. I'm the poorest. I'm the weakest. I come from the poorest family. He started giving all these excuses. You know what Gideon reminded me of at first? How many of you have ever been locked in a locker when you went to school? Huh? How many of you ever locked other kids in a locker? I mean, <laughs> I mean that's what Gideon reminds me of. And the more I thought about it, I found a picture of Gideon. There he is! Gosh, that's Gideon. He's wondering, why are you asking me to be this hero? Now, Gideon was no different than Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, how is this guy going to do anything for the glory of God? But yet God took a Napoleon Dynamite thousands of years ago and used him to beat and defeat the enemy, bring peace to Israel. He used a guy that used to be locked up in the locker. He used, to, he used, to, he used the guy who used to get the biggest wedgies in Hebrew school. But you know what? He came through it and he became a champion and a giant. He said, that's where God revealed his name, Yahweh Shalom, a Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is my peace. And he wants to give you peace. And you know, you think about Mary, when the angel appeared, in, a 14-year-old girl, and said, you're pregnant. You're going to have to go tell your mom and dad, and you're going to have to tell your fiancé that you're pregnant. And when they ask for who, you tell them you're pregnant for God. Now, how many of you know... I'm not going to ask if you had that situation. I know it wasn't God's child if you did. But how many of you know that's a situation where I've got to go tell people I'm pregnant. I'm going to be called names the rest of my life. But she, it says she kept all of these things in her heart and she continued to meditate on them. You've got to continue to meditate upon the promises of God for your life. 
Even though the circumstances and the hurt and the pain might be beyond imagine, uh, anybody's imagination and nobody knows exactly what you're going through, you've got to hold on to that and you've got to ponder in your heart, listen, God told it to me, God promised it to me, His Word, and I'm not going to let it go. You know what? Mary created an atmosphere. God spoke this to me and nobody's going to rob me of my joy and my peace while I'm experiencing it. So you've got to hold on and believe God that God is just going to fill you with His peace. Amen. Now I want to show you in Acts chapter 10. Verse, I want to pass these two up right quick. Already did? Already passed it? Okay. Y'all, y'all just have patience with me. I was locked in the locker too many times. <laughs> what happened? Keep on? Keep going. Here we go. Come on. Okay, Acts 10.38. Look what it says, 10.36. It says, this is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace. Say with me, there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord over all. Then Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have made, been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus our Lord has done for us. Can you imagine... Peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us. That means, listen, peace is a weapon. And I may teach this before we get through with this. Peace is a weapon. I have peace with God because the peace of God has come upon me through the Holy Spirit. And that peace speaks of dealing. Listen, church. It speaks of dealing with the enemies against peace. I've been made right with God through Jesus Christ to deal with anything that is trying to rob and steal my peace. You can deal with it in that pursuing the Holy Spirit and pursuing the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace that we've studied so far. That peace is a weapon. That peace binds the power of the enemy. Jesus said, I want you to, he sent his disciples, telling them, you go out and you speak peace wherever you go because peace will change the atmosphere. When you go into your home, when you get into your car, when you go to work this week, understand that that peace of God is a divine peace, is a divine, divine wholeness to go in there and bring peace unto those people. Now, these are the ones I want to pass up right quick. And I want you to see here. It says in Romans 8, 14 through 16, it says, For for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Hallelujah. Now we call Him Abba Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Say, I'm a child of God. You know, Jesus said three times after His resurrection, Peace be unto you, peace be unto you, when their lives were a mess. Well, uh, John Wesley wrote, I exchanged the faith of a servant for the faith of a son. That's an area we've got to get into to better find that peace in our lives. Because many times we have the faith, I'm just a servant, I'm just a worm, I'm unworthy. God, God has nothing great for me. We've got to overcome that mentality that I'm not just a servant, I'm a son of the Most High Living God. You know, I read something that was interesting about when uh, John F. Kennedy was in the White House and he moved in there with his family, that uh, it was the first time that there was little children in the White House for a long time. 
And they said, and they have records that he was in an important meeting in the over office with generals and with m- many important diplomats. And all of a sudden, the door just busted open, and here comes John Jr. He's got fuzzy slippers on. He's got a robe on. He runs right in the middle of the over office, jumps in his daddy's lap, and just sits there. Now, how many of you know he didn't know how to distinguish the difference between the president and father? To him, it was just daddy. And he had a relationship with his daddy that the other cabinets could never have. And there's something about when we understand that God is my father. And his blood bought me and redeemed me and cleansed me. And that I'm not no longer a servant or a slave to sin. I don't answer to sin or the curse anymore. I answer to my father God. And that I can run and just jump in his lap and I just know everything's going to be okay. And I don't have to worry about how my relationship was. My relationship's new. And I know that my father cares for me. And whatever I'm going through, I'm just going to go jump in his lap. And I'm going to understand that he loves me, he cares for me, and that gives me peace. Now, can you imagine if he would have said, uh, John F. Kenny would have told his son, No, son, you need to get out of here. This is important and you, you don't belong in here. But he kept him there and he held him until his son was ready to go. God will hold you as long as you need Him to hold you. He will minister words of comfort and peace to you as long as you allow Him to. Sometimes it says those that are led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. There's something about it says in Acts chapter 13, and we won't go there. Acts chapter 13, it says, as they fasted and prayed. In other words, they shut the door to the world and to their problems. And they opened up to the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 13, verse 1 through 4, it says twice, the Holy Spirit said, separate unto me, or in other words, this is my will. Many times the reason we're not experiencing the peace that we need is because we're not following the path the Holy Spirit got decided for us to walk on. If I'm not experiencing peace in my life, many times it's because I'm walking my own path by myself and I'm not walking along with the Holy Spirit. When we shut ourselves up in fasting and prayer, I want to encourage you the importance of fasting and prayer. Shutting yourself up with God. Getting along with God. It's saying, Holy Spirit, I want to hear from you. I want to guide you. It talks over there also in the book of Acts, I believe chapter 10, where it says that Peter was on the rooftop at noon and he was fasting. And all of a sudden, while he was on the rooftop fasting and praying, all of a sudden an open vision from the Holy Spirit came. And the Lord spoke to him and says, I want you to go to Cornelius. I want, I want you to hear something here. If we want to know the peace of God, we're going to have to get to know the Holy Spirit. We're going to have to speak to him. We're going to have to just say, Holy Spirit, I surrender and open my life to you today. I thank you that you inhabit me, that you will never leave me or forsake me, that you are my comforter, you are my teacher, you are my guide. And I want to surrender my ideas and my preconceived ideas about what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go, who I'm going to do it with. I ask you, Holy Spirit, take over my mind, take over my heart, and just guide me and lead me. And when we are guided by the Holy Spirit, you're guided by the source of peace. You're going to have peace. When I've gone to businesses where the, with the owners and they offer me something, especially when they own a restaurant and they say, look, we want to bring you this out, this appetizer, we want to bring you this out and the other. When I'm with the owner, what the owner has, the owner gives to me. Well, I am with the owner of everything, hallelujah. And when I'm walking with the power that raised Christ from the dead, church, 
When I'm walking with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, is able to come on the inside of you and quicken a peace that passes understanding to keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. When I'm walking with the Holy Spirit that guided the apostles and the disciples of old and even guided Jesus because it says in Matthew chapter 3 that the Holy Spirit led Jesus in the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy. But even as he was tempted of the enemy, the Holy Spirit gave him the response he needed to defeat the enemy and to guard the peace of his heart. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was sweating drops of blood and his friends were sleeping on him and there was nobody around to encourage him, the Lord sent comfort unto him that strengthened him. It says with joy and with peace, it held his heart and his mind to look towards the cross with joy and pay that price for you and I so that when he ascended, he would leave us the comfort, which, comforter, which is the mighty and great Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who was in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth and the void was in, the earth was in total darkness and the earth was void and there was nothing living nothing existing it looked like nothing but worthlessness God spoke in the sense the spirit of God hovered over that dark void piece of rock and whatever God spoke the Holy Spirit would cause it to perform and that same spirit that has been from the very beginning because it is God God Father God Son and God Holy Spirit and that God Holy Spirit is on the inside thank God for Rosh Hashanah thank God for the Holy Ghost that lives to guide and lead you to minister through the gifts of the Holy Spirit he says I will not leave you or abandon you I will not leave you forsaken I'll not leave you in the dark I'll not leave your life voidless I'll not leave you without any future I'm going to fill you and baptize you and complete you with the power of the Holy Ghost because listen in Romans Paul said in Philippians he says I counted joy to write to you while I'm going through these trials. In the Greek it says it this way. Go ahead and put me on the mat. I love when people examine my life. Listen to what he said. I love when people examine my life. No matter what I'm going through. Keep, I want them to examine the Christ of Paul. It's not Paul you're examining. Because Paul would goof up and fail. But I want you to know that even when I'm in chains, I'm rejoicing. Because it's not Paul, but Christ who lives within me. There's a revelation, there's a knowledge, and there's a sufficiency that comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to ignite you and fill you, guide you and lead you. He wants to fulfill your life. And He's right there to teach you and guide you and give you revelation out of the Word. He said in Acts chapter 1 verse 9, that if you tarry and wait, that you will, be, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit and the power. In other words, I'm going to put you as an exhibit, as I was speaking at the very beginning. I'm going to put you exhibit. How can you have such peace when you're going through this? It's because there's a peace that passes my understanding and my heart that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. Your life goes on. He says, I'm going to give you a power and I'm going to give you a peace and I'm going to give you an anointing that will bring you through what you're going through that you can be an exhibit that I am alive and that I live within my people and I live within my church. Your lives are to be an exhibit that God is alive and He is real and His Word is true. I'm believing that even as you're desiring to go deeper and desiring and seek, seeking after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, seeking after speaking into new tongues, seeking after the gifts of the Holy Spirit, seeking after the power of the Holy Ghost, seeking after getting to know Him and waking up in the morning and having a relationship with Him. And as you're walking, having the Holy Spirit whisper to you words divinely from heaven into your heart to give you that strength and that peace 
that no matter what the enemy would try to do and whatever circumstances you're coming against, and you may be getting a bad report right now as someone did just last week and the report came out negative, but you might be in the middle that you've just gotten a bad report. But there is a power and a strength within in you, inside of you. The moment you ask Christ to come into your heart, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you. And He is there to quicken and bring to remembrance and fill your mouth and fill your heart and fill your mind and fill your peace so that like Mary, oh, I will magnify the Lord. Yes, I don't care what people are going to say that I am with child. I'm going to magnify God because this is from God and I'm not going to allow what I'm going through to create the atmosphere I live in, but I'm going to worship God. I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to flow in the inside of me and the Spirit of God is going to create an atmosphere of worship and praise because the Word says that God inhabits in the praises of His people and when we start worshiping and we start praising Him and we start magnifying, there just starts a stirring up and a building up on the inside of you and no matter what you are going through, things start to change. The voids in your life are filled with the voice of the Holy Spirit. The emptiness in your heart starts to get healed. Listen, it's not just, no, it's not just about belonging to a church. It's not about just going to church. It's a constant walking in communion with the Holy Spirit. It's about cherishing and honoring Him, not quenching Him. Not quenching Him. Not offending Him. But allowing Him to have His full way in our lives. That is where real peace comes. Not I that live, but Christ and the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of me. God, my Father, is over me. Jesus is speaking over me. And the Holy Spirit speaking in me and through me. He wants to save you and fill the voids and the hurts of your life. Now, I know you've probably heard all kind of different things. You can't go to heaven unless you speak in tongues. No, no, no. No, you accept Christ, you go to heaven because of the blood in the name of Jesus. It never said that. The Bible does not say that. There's a lot of people who say, you, if you're not water baptized, you're not going to heaven. Well, there's a lot of people who went to heaven who weren't water baptized. I believe you've got to be water baptized. But when you receive Christ Jesus, Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, causes you to become His temple, His dwelling place. Now, we're for Gospel Church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We believe in speaking in new tongues. But listen, I want to tell you something. You have the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, you know what? If I just spoke in tongues like those people did, then maybe I'd be a better person. Look, I know a lot of people speak in tongues, and I know a lot of people don't speak in tongues. And I know some people don't speak in tongues who are more spiritual mature than those who do speak in tongues. Thank God for the Holy Ghost and thank God for speaking in new tongues. But I want to tell you something. You need to just know the Holy Spirit is inside of you and you are a new person. Hallelujah. My voice has changed. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It don't work either. I guess we need some new microphones in this place. But listen, the Holy Spirit is in you, and I want you to stand at your feet, please. I just want you to close your eyes, and I just want you just to put your mind on Christ, how much He loves you and how much He cares for you.
I just want you to open your heart. Just ask, Holy Spirit, take over my life. Fill me fresh and anew. I accept you as my guidance. I accept you as my comforter. I accept you as he who leads my life. I surrender to your will, Holy Spirit, because you never led anyone into something you were not able to get them out of. You will never lead someone where your supply isn't present. Holy Spirit, you lead, you guide, and you provide. And I thank you for making us sensitive to pursue you, to desire to be, have a relationship with you, to praise you. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for being there and guiding and even interceding for me when I don't know how to intercede. Thank you for the mighty anointing that you bring, Holy Spirit. As, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you're here today and you say, my life is not right with Jesus. Jesus.